Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. All right, I've I've decided just to kind of slip a few Christmas tunes in this week. We'll Bold. go maybe full bore a week from today, but here you go. One of my favorites here. Christmas wrapping from the waitresses. Oh, uh, yeah. I have this one on vinyl, Sue. Do you? That's impressive. I think it's like 40 years. It might have been out in 1983, if you will. You like that song quite a bit. We have uh, Sue's News in just a couple of minutes. After that, Glory Rodriguez, who was the attorney for the two brothers who staged the um, the hit job on Jesse Smollett, he has lost an appellate court verdict last week. Thank but they're going to, I guess, go to the Supremes. Gloria represented them, and she's going to weigh in on Jesse. She always has some great opinions. Kusumano, a little bit later this hour, the winter meetings are going on. Mizzou goes to the Cotton Bowl. Um, the Chiefs lost to the Packers last night. There was uh, controversy at the end. Fred didn't get to see it because... His service does not have right. NBC right now, and it was a good game. And the Blues lost over the weekend. They're in a, you know, my buddy Rick in Las Vegas. Right. He's going tonight. Oh, good. To see the Golden Knights and the St. Louis Blues, although a little disappointed. He's a St. Louis native. He lived here until he was, I don't know, 21 years old, and uh, he's a Golden Knights fan. We've That's lost sad. him. I know. We have lost him. Uh, a couple things I wanted to get to here. One is we're going to talk with Joel Curtinitis tomorrow afternoon. Joel's up in Des Moines. He's kind of became Fred R. You know, Iowa right. caucuses correspondent back in 2015, even right before right. the 2016 election. We have kept in contact with Joel. He's got a good, good handle on what's happening in Iowa. And on that front, here's Ron DeSantis, who says he's vi- he's visited every county in Iowa. You've hit all 99 counties as of today here in the state. How do you feel? Well, it feels good. I mean, it's a lot of work, but I think it's important. One, you're showing people that you uh, expect to have to earn their vote, not entitled to the vote. Is it a must win? If you don't come in at least second, would you then drop out of the race? How critical is Iowa? Well, we're, we're going to win the caucus. We, we're doing everything that, that we need to do it. Bottom line, is Iowa do or die for you, Governor? We're going to win Iowa. Uh, I think it's going to help propel us to the nomination, but I think we'll have a lot of work that we'll have to do. They're always so careful about that. I mean, yeah. can, can you just not – it would be refreshing if a politician could say, yeah, you know what, if if I get smoked in Iowa, I'm toast. I'm going back to Florida. It's just not going to happen, right? I know. How about a little candor? Chris Christie, what's he going to do? Now, we don't know if he's going to make the debate stage. Fred, there's another debate right. this week, right? Right, Wednesday night. Yeah, who cares, right? And, and then tonight at 7 o'clock, the debate committee tells him, or the RNC will tell him, whether he made the debate stage. He doesn't care, though. He doesn't care. Why shouldn't DeSantis bow out when he was in the mid-30s in these polls that everybody wants to be, you know, slave to? Um, He was in the mid-30s back in the spring, and now he's in the single digits. Why shouldn't he be the one to drop out? I was at zero. I'm now at 14 in New Hampshire. We seem to be going in opposite directions. Uh, Well, you know, I don't know if I can completely argue with that. And let me play this James Carville audio. I might play this to Joel tomorrow. Joel is a religious conservative. Okay, he's an evangelical. He's very tapped into the evangelicals in in Iowa. He's never been afraid of, you know, talking about his faith. Well, here's James Carville. Fred, have you heard this? No, I haven't. (laughs) He's, well, I'll just play it, all right? Exactly right. Mike Johnson and what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States. 
He's talking about uh, Mike Johnson, the new speaker, and the fact that he's an evangelical Christian. Yeah. He's talking about Christian nationalism. That's absolutely. About this, is, this, is a, this is a, a bigger <clears throat> threat than al-Qaeda uh, to this country. They, and let me tell you something. They're Speaker of the House. They got probably at least two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. Right? Don't kid yourself. And, and people in the press have no idea who this guy is, how he was formed, what the threat is, and this is a fundamental threat to the United States. Now, I, I didn't see the whole segment. You heard that was Bill Maher there. I don't know if Bill slapped him down, but how unhinged is that? Basically saying that, you know, you got the administration saying that Trump is a threat to democracy, the very, you know, fabric of our being here in this country. And he's saying that Mike Johnson's a bigger threat than al-Qaeda, uh-huh. right? That's, that, gee, that's There's normal. some legitimacy to Good that. grief. Unbelievable. And then I noticed this. This is off of politics, but I think that we all might be happy if this happens. And, Fred, I, I want to kind of follow up on this if we have somebody out there in the entertainment world that can um, dial us into the, uh, the motions that are happening right now. So in the Wall Street Journal, Apple, this happened over the weekend, and I heard about it. Apple and Paramount are talking about bundling their streaming services. Right. So and that would be at a discount because what they're finding is we all have too many damn streaming services. And then sometimes you get them for a show. Yeah. You cancel them and then maybe you sign up again. But they're finding that there are some revenue issues here. So we already know that Netflix and Max are being bundled as part of a deal with Verizon. Now, I don't know how that works for those of us who have Netflix. That's what I mean. I was yeah. just going to ask. No, that. it's it's confusing. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery chief said he was open to bundling with Max and other streaming services. Wouldn't it be great if they just all kind of came together again and make it simple for us? Wouldn't we be back to cable then? <laughs> exactly, Fred. <laughs> exactly. We're going backwards. So in this piece this morning, they say that Apple TV Plus and Paramount Plus Both had what they call a customer defection rate, known in the industry as churn, of more than 7% in October. And that was higher than the 5.7% for the streaming industry as a whole. All right. So what what happens with with churning is that people, what I just said, they basically just – watch their shows, and then they're like, okay, I'm out of here until you offer me something else that I might want to sign up for. Apple TV Plus is offered as an entertainment bundle that includes Apple Music and Apple Arcade. That's known as Apple One. And they say that that has a far lower churn rate than the standalone Apple TV Plus, Hmm. according to trade publications. So if you bundle things, you make it sort of seem like you're getting a little bit more for your buck. People aren't canceling it. But it does seem like maybe, and this is a good thing, that we're all going back, even though we have individual um, streaming accounts. I mean, I don't even know. I can't even keep track of it all. All of a sudden, I get charged $2.99 for this, $6.99 for this, because I seemingly have all of them. It'd be nice to have some consolidated. Now, I do have the Disney bundle, and the Disney bundle is Disney, Hulu, and uh, ESPN+. Plus. Okay. Well, that one makes a little bit of sense. I don't want Max. I'm down to Prime. But uh, I like picking and choosing. Why don't you want Max? Because uh, I don't want to have to pay for it. Right, but what if they bundled it with something? You, you've that's watched what I mean. some I'm of the shows. I'm still going to have to pay more than I would have for just a straight-up Netflix, right? Because they're going to bundle it and, and charge more for this stuff? Probably. Well, no, I mean, in, in theory, if you bundle it, it would be charged. Let's say that you have Netflix and Max, okay? Okay. Th- my concept of bundling is okay. We're going to offer that to you, Sue. If you're paying, you're paying twenty bucks right now for that, right? Yeah. We're going to bundle that, and it's just like your State Farm service, right? Jake's right. been telling us about that right. during the commercials, right? right. <laughs> hey, but, that's that's four words. Not if you bundle. That's so right. if you bundle, then it's you're a better in deal. Theor- in theory. But if I don't want to bundle, then I end up paying more for uh, half of what I want. 
Maybe, but you might not have a choice. <laughs> That's how they're going to get my, me. My Fred. sense right. is right. You're right. They, they may not even offer you a choice. But we'll see. It seems we've talked about this for a while on this show, though. It does seem like things are kind of trending in the direction of bundling, which I think is a good thing. Let's do this. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Call 636-674-6446. It's National Cookie Day. Fred, do they have Ooh. any on the other side no, of the building? No, what? that's been a big, big secret. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. National Cookie Day. Do with that information as you will. It, usually on the other side of the building, uh, that would mean KMOX. They usually have a bunch <laughs> of food. Nothing? Nothing. Crickets? Yeah, crickets. Yeah, that's a shame. Hey, I found out this morning, okay, there was a story out about people in the St. Louis area, and I believe that I read this on Nextdoor, who aren't getting their mail. Did you see this no, anywhere? Uh, Have you heard about it, Mark? Yeah, I, I, I have, but I can't remember if it was you was and I it? that were talking about it last yes. week. But I have seen something along these lines, right. South County, I think it was, and then uh, somebody in the city was saying, I've been, what's going on? It's been a week since I've had any mail. Well, today they were talking about it on the morning show, and Kim St. Ange said, you know what? I have informed delivery by the Postal Service. And I said, what? So Carl sent me the link, and you can sign up for this on the Postal Service. And they say they you can see photos of your mail before it arrives for free. They say start your mornings with a preview of your day's mail and packages. You'll get daily digest emails that preview your mail and packages scheduled to arrive soon. They will send you images of these letter-sized mail. It'll be grayscale with your address. So they will take a picture of your mail... And email it to you, and then if it doesn't show up, you could say, where's my mail? That seems like a lot of work for doesn't a it? little payoff there. And, and I don't want to know anyway. Well, I, I don't <laughs> mind knowing, yeah. but the thing is, if you can take a picture of it, surely you can deliver it. Right. I don't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I'm bringing that up for you in case you have not had mail the last couple of days. Preply just released a new list of slang terms. We like to keep up with the kids on this show. Wait, who released this? Uh, Preply. What's that? I have no idea. Okay. I think it's a website. Uh, a new list it's of slang that's terms. It's for us to give them a plug <laughs> right. on this topic. I got you. Most teenagers are using these days the number one new slang term from the teenagers. And Abby, since she's no longer a teenager, <laughs> will just have to tell me whether or not she thinks it, it's sus. Now, sus means what, Abby? Uh, suspicious. That is correct. Suspicious. That's usually called out to uh, call out questionable behavior. Now, the second and third most common slang terms are bet. Do you know what that means, Fred? Uh, no. What about you, Mark? Wait, in what context? What? Bet. It's a slang that the kids are using. Uh, what does no. bet mean? I, I'm a tr- having a hard time putting it into words. It's like someone says something and you say, all right, bet. Like, all right, let's go. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Bet now oh, means okay. agree. There we go. And we had Abby tell us what yeet was, which is still violently <laughs> throwing something that's essentially worthless. And yes. I, whatever. I don't know why you'd want to yeet anything. Yeeted across the classroom. That's right. What? Now, instead of saying average, you could just say mid. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Cap is another word for lying. Somebody's caps. Uh, that also means lying. And when somebody's bussin' or something's bussin', it's really good. All right? So, Fred, I want you to incorporate that somewhere into your language we this week. We were bussin' over on Friday night. <laughs> yes, we were. 
Ralph Baccio and Jackie Chan are coming together. Hang on. Hang on. Huh? Don't go yet. Well, oh. because is this is this this is not related to her list though, right? No, no, this Wait, is I gotta new. toss something else oh, in here oh, because this is in do. the Washington Post today. It said, um, do you have Riz? Oxford mm-hmm. oh, yeah. its word of the year from yeah. Gen Z slang. We had so, that earlier. Did we? Did yeah. We? Oh, okay. Earlier in Sue's News, uh, sometime this uh, year, charisma, right? You yes. got the Riz, Riz man. is a mm-hmm. slang term that refers to someone's ability to attract a romantic or sexual partner. <laughs> and then they said, the victory for Riz, which Oxford says is believed to be short for charisma, could be because it's a word that encompasses swagger, game, and style and reflects people's more positive outlook in 2023. It does kind of flow up that the Riz so sounds a lot better word, than That's some. the word of the year, according to the Oxford Yes, do you remember mm-hmm. last year's? I do remember talking about Wait, this Wait, what was year. last year's? Goblin mode. Oh, that's <laughs> right, Fred. You were a big user. Goblin mode, yeah. You were a big oh, user of goblin mode. you had to work that in. Right. That's right. Okay, well, here's the challenge. <laughs> at, at, Fred had to work that in at a holiday dinner, and you right. did it successfully. I'll do it this Christmas. You need to do it with Riz. That's right, okay. All right, yeah, somebody, somebody at the table yeah. will have the Riz, Fred. I yeah, mean, that should be that. good. That'll be great. Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan are coming together in the next Karate Kid movie. Ralph is going to play Daniel again from the original movies. Jackie will return as Mr. Is it Han or Han from the 2010 remake. And they're doing a global casting search to find the next Karate Kid. Now, the character's name is Lee Fong, so the actor must be 15 to 17 years old and portray, quote, portray Chinese or mixed-race Chinese, must speak fluent English, and any Mandarin is a plus because these people are everywhere. And they have to have... Riz. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have the Riz for that. Dude, is it for, do you have to say the Riz or can you just say Riz? You can just say, you Riz. Can say Riz. Okay. Yeah. But you know, I mix it up, Sue. Well, you do. <laughs> I like that about you. Acting experience is not required, but you do have to know martial arts. Not many plot details have been announced. I am not surprised. All that's known so far, it will take place on the East Coast and focus on a teen from China who finds strength in martial arts from their wise but tough mentor who's probably got the ribs. <laughs> Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service. Call 636-674-6446. And finally in Sue's News, we have today's random fact. Did you know that in the original Constitution, the office of the U.S. Vice President was awarded to the runner-up in the presidential race? That changed with the 12th Amendment in 1804, but uh, imagine we could have had uh, Hillary Clinton as Donald Trump's VP. Can you imagine? (laughs) That would have worked out so well, right? Or Trump as uh, Biden's VP. (laughs) But that all ended in 1804. Would would that have worked out well? I, I, I don't know. Up till 1804? I don't know. Then that's it for Sue's news. Yeah, I don't think it would have ever worked out well. I'm pretty glad that they changed. But really, the, what does the vice president do anyway? I mean, she goes to the border. That's I a suppose lot. we could just start a with lot. that, right? 423, Gloria Rodriguez, she represented the Osendario brothers in the Justice Smollett case. And Jussie has just found out that he's supposed to go to jail to serve that sentence. However, I think they're going to appeal again. We'll talk with Gloria coming up. Kusumano at 445. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's kind of hard for me to pick out my favorite part of the whole Jesse Smollett saga. 
I am not suicidal. I am not suicidal, and I am innocent. I could have said that I was guilty a long time ago. Yeah, he's about as delusional as they come, and there was a ruling in an Illinois Supreme Court, I'm sorry, Illinois Appellate Court the other day that said that he needs to start serving his his sentence, which he never served. But now they're going to take it to the Supreme Court, I guess. We thought we'd ask this question to Gloria Rodriguez, our friend who is a Chicago attorney who represented the brothers that were paid to do the hit on Jesse. She's also the executive producer of the brilliant documentary on Fox Nation called Anatomy of a Hoax. Gloria, welcome back. How are you this afternoon? Oh, Mark, thank you so much for having me. I was sick as a dog, like many of you. I know, but I'm hanging in there. (laughs) Well, I hope that you're okay. I appreciate you making the time for us here this afternoon. Is it the COVID or is it something else? No, it's it's something else. (laughs) It's just going around. Yep, things do go around. So help me out uh, in, you know, before we get started here, just in what happened the other day. There was a three-judge panel. Two judges agreed that the sentence um, should take place. One did not. So then the legal team for Jussie issues a statement that says, we wish to highlight that the decision was divided. um, And we are preparing to escalate this matter to the Supreme Court armed with a substantial body of evidence. Can't wait to see what that (laughs) is, Gloria. Oh, man, let me just tell you, when I read that quote, I, I think uh, it's, it's, so many people had, you know, called me in the morning and I'm like, oh, I'm guessing the opinion uh, came down He's out. Right. And, you know, 70 pages. And I read Ute's, uh, you know, remark and I thought, really, a substantial body of evidence that was never even presented during the two week trial that the appellate court hasn't seen yet. Are you kidding me? You know, it's from where? (laughs) Well, so do you have, I mean, lawyers say things like that, obviously, but what my question would be, why embarrass yourself before the Supreme Court? Oh, you know, that's a a more fundamental question. I think I get asked to lawyers on why we do certain things or why we take on certain cases or why we represent certain clients. You know, that, that's a, (laughs) that's more of a character question. Um, but with respect to, you know, going to the Supreme Court, I mean, it's Jesse's right. It's his right, right. to appeal. Um, everyone has the right to keep going. He has 35 days to do it from the day of the opinion. Uh, and if the Illinois Supreme Court decides to hear it, then God bless them. You know, that that's their right, too. And they can also say, you know what, we're going to send this back down to the trial court and let Judge Lynn sentence you again or, you know, order you back to jail. They can do that, too, without them getting a, a lick of anything to say. So that could happen also. What is there a typical timetable with, with a, an appeal to the Illinois Supreme Court? Is that something that might happen quickly or not? So um, now, remember, I'm not an appellate lawyer, but it's usually it's it's 35 days after the opinion came out from the appellate court. And then it takes about two months for the Supreme Court to decide if they want to hear it or not. What are they basing this on? I mean, specifically saying that he should not serve the sentence. Are they asking for, I can't remember, are they asking for a new trial? Or what are they What are they tossing in here, Gloria? Oh, man. Well, to not bore your, your audience <laughs> with all the all the fine points, their, their main point was the double jeopardy argument. So in that 70-page opinion, the appellate court dissects all the various counts that they had alleged. But their, their main one was that because Kim Fox had offered the $10,000 in the whatever community service he did over that weekend, that that was as good as saying, 
we had a deal not to prosecute you anymore. And, you know, that that's what they're saying. Like, to, right. to go back and prosecute him after that, that was improper. and That's against the Constitution. And here, the two justices agreed, and that's why we have a three-member panel. They said, I'm sorry, they didn't agree. They said, no, it's not an agreement to not prosecute. That was just something that Kim Fox decided to do and drop the case, but not not a promise that it's or dropping it and also not ever prosecuting you again. Of course not. What did the other judge say? So the dissenting judge, <laughs> you know, there is an argument to be had that if you're making a, an agreement or an understanding, if there is quid pro quo, that you need to be upheld to the thing that you're giving up. And so here, uh, Jesse is saying, because I gave the state attorney's office, you know, my bond, and I let them keep my $10,000 bond and whatever, whatever, then I should not have been prosecuted later. But of course, that was never in the fine language. Wherever they did that deal in the heat of the night, that was never really well explained. Interesting. So it's fascinating here, too, because as I look at the timetable, and and this will mean a lot more to you, Gloria, because you've lived through all this, but it was 2019 when all this happened, right? It was in January of 2019, and it's already been, it would be December 9th, uh, coming up here, two-year anniversary of the guilty verdict, right? That's exactly right, and I'm telling you, I'm just saying my prediction on here, and I've, I've had a lot of these on your show but I feel like he's going to go back to jail on the anniversary date. I don't feel like the Supreme Court's going to take it, and I feel like Judge Lynn is going to get this back in his courtroom. Jesse will have to go back to court at 26 in Cal, and Judge Lynn will tell him, you got to go start your time, sir, and it'll be right around the anniversary date. And then the time That's would be awesome. he was sentenced to 150 days in jail and then 30 months of probation. So how many, did he even serve a day of that? He did. Barely. <laughs> Just barely. Right, right. That's right. His lawyers filed the appeal, like, record haste, and then they, they brought him out. Well, I can't wait to see what happens here. I think a lot of us are rooting for this to finally be, you know, wrapped up. And when we last spoke with you, I can't remember when when did the documentary on Fox Nation that I loved so much we've so been talking good. about, it, when did that actually come out, Gloria? Was that over the summer or the spring when we spoke? Time is going by quickly. Wow. I know. It just seems like so long ago, but that came out on Fox Nation. You can still uh, download it now and, and watch it. Thank you for the kind words. March 13th is when it came out. There you go. Yeah. And it's Sue and I both agreed. It's fantastic. It really is. And, you know, I, I think that my fear at the time was that not enough people would see this because it's on Fox Nation thinking that it might not you know, hold up to the standards of other really good documentaries that Netflix or Amazon or some of the other streaming oh. services. Rest assured, it does. It's and fabulous. we found out, even when I watched this, I didn't know that you were so involved as a producer, but this was your baby, as you told me, Gloria, and it's really, really well done. How are the brothers doing, by the way? Oh, man, Mark, you know, they're doing great. They wanted me to tell you they say hello. Um, they are just keeping on, keeping on, and when I spoke to them the day that this opinion came out, they were just so matter of fact, like, yeah, of course they affirmed it. 
And they're yeah. like, well, it was two to one. And they're like, oh, really? Well, they still affirmed it. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> they still affirmed it. <laughs> they were so awesome. So just a little insight here. As we get toward the end of the year, we get into the Christmas period. And, um, you know, I think Christmas, is Christmas on a Sunday or a Monday this Monday. year? So it's a Monday. So we'll have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of that Christmas week. And the host doesn't like to work very much during that week. Well, if we're being truthful, he doesn't like to work much anyway. So we do these best of shows, Gloria. And the interviews that you did with me and the brothers, we're going to package those up that Christmas week because they were really good. And you did a great job getting us, both of the brothers, and I appreciate that. So good luck with everything. I think your prediction might come true. We'll see if this finally gets a resolution and Jesse has to go behind bars. And maybe then he can kind of confront reality and move on with his life, right? Great. Oh, my goodness. I, I think, you know, just to put full closure on things, you know, people, we make mistakes, own up to it, do your time, you know, pay for your mistake and move on and people will forgive you and forget it eventually. And, you know, that, that's that's the American way. Here, here. Think, think about the alternative here, though, Gloria. And I think, you know, this. if, if he would have just come out at one point and said, look, I really I really yeah. screwed up. Right. And and apologized. And I think that, that would have gone a long way. Right. We would have all said, well, we knew that, but it would have gone a long way. Now, what does he have after this? Stephen Smith, I think, says like a, a lifetime or uh, humiliation in perpetuity. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. what you have. Gloria Rodriguez, thank you so much. I hope you're feeling better. You have a great Christmas. OK. Thank you so much. All you right. Guys take too. care. We'll see you. <laughs> Kusumano's coming up next. We'll talk Mizzou, Bowl Bid, the Blues. And a pretty crazy NFL game last night and more. Frank Cusimano is here with us on this Monday afternoon. Lo and behold, Mizzou did not get screwed on the bowl bid. Frank, I'm actually rather shocked. We prepared ourselves for moments like that. I guess it didn't have to happen this year. How are you? Yeah, in fact, you didn't get screwed. You also got the best possible opponent, I believe, Ohio State, second all-time in wins, and a team that's not going to come into this bowl game with all their star players. And you got the best location, the Cotton Bowl. From a uh, perspective of getting Missouri fans there, from a fertile recruiting fan base, and to playing in that big-time atmosphere at Jerry's World in Irving, Texas. I, I think it's just two for two. I got an email that said this thing sold out, at least the Mizzou allocation. So that's that's really good news for sure. Um, on, on the Ohio State front, so they have a bunch of kids that went into the transfer portal, a bunch of other kids that are going to go to the NFL might not play. Does that take the shine off of this game? Now, mind you, they're – Third-string players might be even highly rated, higher rated than Mizzou's. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't buy it, and I heard it all morning. Uh, for the people who don't know it, Kyle McCord, their starting quarterback, who threw for 3,100 yards and 24 touchdowns, has entered the transfer portal, so he's out. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be a top-five pick in the draft, is not going to play. I hear there's a possibility of three or four linemen, a couple of people in their secondary but look, the bottom line is they recruit nothing but four stars or five stars. They're going to come out there with plenty of talent. And do you think anybody's really going to look at the rosters like five years from now? The only thing that's going to matter is Mizzou beat Ohio State in the no, Cotton you're right. Bowl. You're right. That's big time. Well, we got to focus on that. We got to hope that we uh, we can actually achieve that. And this has been an amazing series or an amazing season. It would really be a nice. Exclamation point. So how do you feel today, though? So this is what I said earlier. I, If I was Florida State, I'm a Florida State fan. I am pissed. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I just want to lash out. But as someone who's not a Florida State fan, I get it, right? Can you have both feelings right now? Absolutely. You have to have some type of empathy for Florida State fans because they did. They, went, they had a perfect season in a Power 5 conference. But here's the thing. This is what you got to ask yourself is if the world depended 
on Alabama winning a football game or Florida State winning a football game, you take Alabama. And the same for Texas. I mean, all of a sudden, when Florida State lost their quarterback, on Saturday night, they turned into the University of Iowa. That was one pathetic offense, and it's not going to get any better because the starter's not coming back, although the number two guy's a little bit better. But Texas and Alabama are better as we speak in early December than Florida State. You know, on Friday, uh, Frank, you were here, and Sue, you might remember this, Jane, because her daughter, Jane Duker's daughter, goes to Alabama, actually works for the athletic department. Mm -hmm. She's on the field during these games. So when I was communicating with Fred on Saturday night after the game, uh, he said, roll tide, Jane will be unbearable. My response was, you misspelled the word is. (laughs) (laughs) well played all right so the chiefs last night look they were dinged up but it was a heck of a game we need an alabama miracle here mahomes gonna buy the time circle around look flip it up to the end zone kelsey down there run a contact you know, Frank, I love both these teams, so I was very conflicted, although kind of rooting for the Packers just because that victory gave them a window into the playoffs that they might not have had. Now they're surging a little bit, and the Chiefs, I think, are going to be just fine. They just um, have to get some people healthy. Yeah, and don't bury the lead here, too. That non-call, not on that play, but on the play three plays before, Terrible call. was an obvious pass interference, and that would have changed everything because Mahomes would have had the team in, you know, on the 12 or 14-yard line, they would have been in decent shape to score. But I, I tell you what, though, I just don't think – I know Mahomes proves everybody wrong. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with those types of wide receivers. I mean, they are so bad at that position. Yeah, well, I think you're right about that. And then the Blues are in Vegas tonight. My good friend that lives out there is going to that game. I think they kind of have a back-to-back this week, don't they? They do. Then they come back here uh, the next day. Um, they'll play Wednesday in St. Louis. But this is a bad proposition for the Blues – I mean, they're 9-2-1 and one at home, the Golden Knights. And when you watch this game tonight, Mark, take a look at the size of the Golden Knights players. I looked at the roster. I, I think they only have one player under six foot, and all their defensemen are like 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". I mean, this is a daunting task for the Blues tonight. They just got to make sure they don't get off to a bad start. I mean, the other night, in Arizona, the game was over after the first period, and that has happened far too often. I mean, the season hasn't been bad. They're still, if the playoffs started today, they'd be in the playoffs. But, man, these beginnings are terrible. Are we hearing anything at this point from the winter meetings? Any buzz, anything that you're picking up on? No. All I can say is I talked to a high-ranking Cardinal executive a couple of days ago because we debated about whether to go, and he said it's kind of quiet now. I'm not going to tell you not to come. Things can happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they're laying some groundwork down. I don't think we're going to see anything blockbuster in the next couple of days in Nashville. All right. It seems like things have quieted down. We'll see what happens. You have a great week. Hopefully we'll get a couple of victories against Vegas, and we'll talk on Friday afternoon. Thank you, Frank. Sounds good, sir. Take care. All right. Take, actually, you know what? I might actually be in Vegas Friday afternoon, so I might Seriously. not speak with him. Well, my trip is kind of hanging on some uh, threads Threads here. We'll see mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I'm supposed to see you two on Friday night out there at Sphere. So, and I, I to, really and want you to, see, to go. Well, I do, too, but I, I got some things happening at, at, at home that I have to deal with. But I'm also supposed to see the Golden Knights play next Sunday night, which mm-hmm. it could have timed out a little bit better because really they play could've. tonight 
out there, but that's okay. I just yeah. see a hockey game out there. All right, coming up in the next hour, Jazz Shaw from HotAir.com will be here. He's always great on a variety of topics. Sue, later in the week, last week, there was some talk about some more UFO news from Washington. And, you know, Jazz is kind of our UFO, UFO aficionado, or aficionado, if you will. So he'll join us after the top of the hour with a bunch of different columns that are on Hot Air that will dazzle you. And then Frank Mealy, good friend from the um, Real Clear Politics family, wrote a book, of course, called, of course, called What Matters Most, God, Country, Family, and Friends, and has written about Joe Biden and some of the things happening with the election. We'll get his thoughts on that. Frank is a pretty big Trump guy, and I don't think that anything that's happened here in the last um, you know month or so or month and a half will have changed his mind on the former president's attempt at another nomination. You know who got out today? Did you hear this? Nobody no. really cares. Uh, this guy, Doug Burgum. They were all wishing me well, uh, and I think I took him a little too literally when they said, go to Milwaukee and break a leg. So. <laughs> was all right. You know, there was nothing wrong with Doug. I don't know why he was running for president, but he got his name out there just a little bit. And then Chris Christie, who seemingly would be the next person to drop out, says, nope, not going anywhere. Why shouldn't DeSantis bow out when he was in the mid-30s in these polls that everybody wants to be, you know, slave to? Um, He was in the mid-30s back in the spring, and now he's in the single digits. Why shouldn't he be the one to drop out? I was at zero. I'm now at 14 in New Hampshire. We seem to be going in opposite directions. I'm not so sure that's a, you know, an illegitimate point, but there is a lot of ground forces with uh, DeSantis in Iowa. He's been to apparently every county in Iowa. You've hit all 99 counties as of today here in the state. How do you feel? Well, it feels good. I mean, it's a lot of work, but I think it's important. One, you're showing people that you uh, expect to have to earn their vote, not entitled to the vote. We're going to go over the process and get a real feel for what's happening in Iowa ahead of the caucuses. We're just about a month out with our friend Joel Curtinitis, who's up there in Des Moines tomorrow afternoon at 325. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 